Welcome to Agape Ministries Podcasts, a whole new way of thinking. Episode 155, part one of the talk given by Mary Hardiman, entitled Down Through the Roof. My main fear of today was that nobody would come, um, and uh, so um, I'm absolutely delighted to welcome you, and thank you for trusting me with this. It's um, a real honour and a real privilege, and it's the first time I've ever given a seminar like this before, so um, um, you're my guinea pigs. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so I've called the talk through the roof, and if you've read the sheet of paper that I've given out, and I'm really sorry, but I've got none left, so if any latecomers, if you can just share it with somebody, that would be great. Um, but you will have worked out now that the reason I've called the story, uh, the seminar through the roof, um, it's because it deals with the guy that was dropped through the roof. Um, and that's the reason why. But as I said when I was on the stage earlier on, um, the Bible is, is God's way of speaking to us. And God wants to speak to each and every one of us in a very personal and a unique and a very intimate way. But he needs us to listen. And we have, to listen, we have to spend time and we have to listen to God if we are going to discern what his purpose is in our life. So I've put the question there, are you listening? And we listen in a variety of different ways. We don't just listen with our ears, we listen with our eyes, we listen with our hearts, we listen with our guts, we listen with our senses. So what the purpose of today's workshop is, is to just show you how I do that. And, you know, some of you at the end may think, oh, that's great, Mary, thank you very much. And some of you may think, well, that doesn't work for me. But that's okay because God's in control and God knows what he's about and God knows what he's doing. So it's just for us to, to trust in his purpose for each of us. So my way, um, I've always been really nosy, I think, and... Um, and I've always been quite an inquisitive person. And so when I take a, a passage of scripture, what I tend to do is just ask a billion questions about it. And Jesus asks us to be like little children. And if any of you have dealings with little children, you know that they ask loads of questions. And sometimes we can't always answer the questions they, that they ask, but they carry on asking anyway. And so when I approach a passage of scripture that's what I do I want to know what's going on what's going on not just on the lines but what's going on in between and beneath and behind um, all of these stories so that they really really come to life and so that these words of scripture are not just words on a page they're not just a story that happened thousands of years ago the God's living word that is pulsating with life and that's what I hope this afternoon that you will get some idea by asking questions what um, what the scriptures can mean to you there's another way of doing this that I sometimes do, and that's sometimes to go into a story in your imagination and, and just think that it possibly, come in Catherine, you're fine, um, possibly just to use your senses and, and maybe put yourself in the story. So this afternoon, I'm going to show you how I do it, then you're going to have a go yourselves. Um, so it might be better for you to put yourself in the story and use your senses to work things out, or it might be better for you to ask questions, or you might want to do both of those things either is absolutely fine. Now I'm really sorry for those that came late, I didn't expect so many, so I've given everybody um, a passage of scripture that we're going to read in a moment, so if you've not got one can you just share with somebody, and those that have got one each, if you wouldn't mind just passing those round. So it's Luke 5, 17 to 26. Or if you brought your own Bible you might want to, to use it from your own Bible. 
I'm wondering if somebody, rather than you listening to me, I'll come and stand near you because I'm mic'd up. So would somebody like to read the first passage? In fact, yeah, somebody like to read the first passage from me. Are you going to do that? Alison, are you going to do that? Thank you so much. That's really kind. One day, when Jesus was teaching, some Pharisees and teachers of the law were sitting there who had come from every town in Galilee and Judea and from Jerusalem. The power of the Lord was present for Jesus to heal the sick. Some men came carrying a paralyzed man on a bed and they tried to take him into the house and put him in front of Jesus. Because of the crowd, however, they could find no way to take him in. So they carried him up on the roof, made an opening in the tiles and let him down on his bed into the middle of the group in front of Jesus. When Jesus saw how much faith they had, he said to the man, your sins are forgiven, my friend. Thank you. Does anybody want to read the second paragraph for me? The teachers of the law and the Pharisees began to say to themselves, Who is this man who speaks such blasphemy? God is the only one who can forgive sins. Thanks, Anne-Marie. Tony, do you want to do the third one? Jesus knew their thoughts and said to them, Why do you think such things? Is it easier to say, Your sins are forgiven you, or say, Get up and walk? I will prove to you then, that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. So he said to the paralyzed man, I tell you, get up, pick up your bed, and go home. Thank you. Does anyone want to read the fourth At one? At once the man got up in front of them all, took the bed he had been lying on, and went home praising God. They were all completely amazed. Full of fear, they praised God, saying, What marvelous things we have seen today. Thank you. And that um, translation is just from my Good News Bible. Okay, so I'm just going to take you through this story bit by bit. And at the very start of the story, we can see that some men came, carry, came carrying a paralysed man on a bed. Right, so here's where I start asking questions. How many men? How many men came carrying that bed? Was it two? Was it four? Was it seven? Was it twelve? Who were these men? Were they the brothers of the paralysed man? Were they his family, whether his cousins, uncles, whether his friends, whether his neighbours, were they his work colleagues? Who were these men? Who were they? And did they bring this man with good grace or bad grace? Now I'll tell you a story, and this is a bit of a confession really, but for the last eight years or so I've been bringing my mother-in-law to 8.30 Mass on a Sunday morning at St. Peter's, and um, I do that with very bad grace, and it's, I'm, I'm sorry to say, because it's 8.30 Mass and we have to go out of our way to pick her up, so I'm cross, and she's sometimes a bit miserable as well, um, but I'm, <laughs> no, and sometimes she talks about the football from the day before, and I want to be, you know, nice and quiet, um, and, and, I, and I do that with bad grace, because I'm thinking I could have had another 10 minutes in bed, and I've had to get up and bring her to Mass, when really, that should be something that's joyful for me, that it's a gift to be able to bring somebody to Jesus on a Sunday morning. So I'm just wondering about those men. Were they bringing the paralysed man with good grace or bad grace? I'm wondering if you've ever been on a stretcher or if you've ever carried a stretcher. 
Now, I do this crazy sort of military fitness thing a few times a week, and one of the things we used to do was carry people around on a stretcher. And the first time it happened, I thought to myself, great, I'm on that stretcher, so I don't have to run along carrying it. So I got on the stretcher, and within about two minutes, I was saying, let me off, let me off. It was awful. It was a horrible experience, and it was a horrible experience running and carrying it as well. So if you've ever had that experience, you will know that either way, it's not a nice thing to have to do, either being on it or, um, or carrying it. Who was this paralysed man? Who was he? We don't know his name. We don't know how old he was. Was he a young guy? Was he an older guy? Did he have a wife? Did he have kids? Who was this man? And what had happened to him to make him paralysed? I'm wondering, you know, was it something he was born with? Did he have a degenerative disease? Is it something that in this day and age maybe he could have had some surgery and a bit of intensive physiotherapy and that could have healed him? Did he, was he one of those children that was always climbing things and he fell off and, and broke his back and ended up on the stretcher? Why was he? Was he a builder? Maybe he fell off a building and, and, you know, and it completely changed his life and he was stuck on this bed. And what's it like to lie there like this all day, just looking up? And what's it like to be beholden to somebody for your every need, that he couldn't make his own way to Jesus, that some people had to come carrying him? What was it like for that man? And I'm just wondering as well, what's your attitude towards people with a disability? What's it like to be disabled? I know I'm seeing people coming in today with frames and sticks. What's it like for us, you know, for able-bodied people or for disabled-bodied people? What is it like? And also, is something crippling you? Is something crippling you? Because it doesn't have to be a physical ailment that can cripple us. It can be anything. Laura told you that I teach, I teach in a school for children with mental health problems and there's one girl, Rachel, who's a, a 16 years old and she is crippled with anxiety and so she stands hunched up and her hair's over her face and she thinks that everybody's looking at her and she's so afraid of what people think and sometimes I take her for her CBT appointments to solve her precinct and when we get out of my car she holds my hand or she links my arm. Imagine at the age of 16 that you have to hold your teacher's hand in, in order to get from the car to a building. And I think about myself when I was 16 and whose hand I would have been willing to hold and it certainly wasn't a teacher's, it would have been some pop star or some film star <laughs> or somebody like that. Um, but you know, these things can cripple us and what's our attitude to those kind of people? And I'm just wondering as well, you know, why, why why were they late? Why did they get there when there was a big crowd of people outside the house? If I go to the Trafford Centre shopping, I'm there at 10, right? Because I know then where my car's parked and nobody else will have, have taken that car park space outside of Debenhams and I'm not rushing through the crowds. If I'm coming to church and I know it's a wedding or it's going to be loads of people there, I'm there early so I've got my pew, right? So no, I don't have to get through the crowds. I'm sitting where I want to sit and I park my car where I want to park. So I'm wondering why these guys didn't set off a little bit early to get, you know, because they were men probably, I don't know. Sorry, sorry to all the guys in the room. <laughs> I shouldn't have said that. Um, I'm wondering why, why, what made them late, what made them get there late. So I'm thinking to myself, okay, well maybe, um, you know, I don't know, one of them had a row with his wife in the morning and that might have delayed. Or maybe somebody's daughter was putting the finishing touches to the packed lunch. So, no, Dad, you can't go yet because these eggs need a couple more minutes on the stove before they're properly hard-boiled. I'm just thinking maybe, you know, 
God forbid, but somebody had had too much to drink the night before and he was a bit hungover and they had trouble rousing him in the morning. Or maybe somebody who was supposed to carry the stretcher dropped out the last minute and they had to find a replacement. All of these things, could, all these normal human things that we live through every day could have been going on. Maybe on the way there, somebody kept stopping to use the bushes, you know, to go for <laughs> their comfort break in the bushes. Or maybe the stretcher broke or maybe they took a wrong turn. I don't know. But what I can tell you is that the reason they were late was because God ordained it. God ordained that. And that encounter, that paralyzed man's encounter was written on God's calendar at the beginning of time. That's why they were late, because God had decided at the very start of, of the world, when the world ever began, he knew that that paralysed man was going to meet Jesus on that day, at that moment. That's why. And so if we're looking then maybe to bring that into our life today, how do you respond to a delay? How do you respond to a delay? If you're like me, you'll grumble about something that's out of your control. If I go to the airport and the plane's delayed, do I have to eat that rubbish? Do I have to walk around WH Smith again, looking at books that I've read again? What do we do with our delays? So we could sit and grumble about something that's out of our control, or we could say to God, God, God what's in it? What's in this delay? What do you want to do with this time that you've now given to me? And maybe God wants you to go and give your witness <coughs> to somebody in the airport. Maybe he wants you to go and help somebody who's struggling with the luggage. Maybe he wants to say something to you in that moment that you wouldn't be able to hear if you were trying to get your bags in the overhead compartment. Maybe that's what he wants. So sometimes, you know, when a delay or something's out of our control, think about those, you know, think about those men coming late with the stretcher. Think about that and then think, what's the purpose, God? What's the purpose in this moment? Is everybody okay so far with what I'm saying? Yeah, okay. So, we're not told, are we? This is what I'm saying about reading in between the lines and behind the lines. What's going on outside of this story? What was this journey like for these people and this stretcher? Was it long? Was it five minutes or was it five days? We don't know. We've no idea, have we? What was the weather like? Was it hot? Was it raining? Did they get caught in a shower? What, what was going on there? And sometimes, even if you just take a little line of, of, of a story or something like this, just to think about even that tiny little bit, what was it like on that journey for those men? Did they get a lift part of the way or did they walk the whole way? Did they take a wrong turn and have to go back and start again? Did they have a row? You know, did they argue about which way to go? And then... You know, like David was saying this morning, think about the refugees that come into this country. Think about those people who think that to put your child on a blow-up dinghy in the middle of the Mediterranean is a better option than to leave them behind. Think about that, maybe. These guys coming on this journey. And what must it like to be for refugees and are we the face of Christ to them when they arrive?
So thank you for taking the time to listen to these episodes. Our prayer is that as you listen and reflect on these teachings, that you'll be encouraged to continue your journey, to maximise your potential, to have a good and a happy life. So sign in again next week for more teaching on how you can follow the Jesus way to experience your life as filled with meaning, purpose and joy. So God bless and stay safe.